analyzing Luisa Rise's long-term position and the Twins make some interesting 40-man roster moves. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Tuesday, October 11th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Again, this is Nash Walker. Three seasons on a daily basis covering the Twins on this podcast. Four seasons writing about the Twins at TwinsDaily.com. They made some interesting 40-man roster cuts today. Some guys were claimed, and one was, was more surprising than the other two, but all interesting as the Twins shave that thing down. They got a lot of guys on the 60-day injury list. Jorge Alcala, Danny Coulomb, Kenta Maeda, Chris Paddock, Cody Stashek, Sandy Leone, he'll be a free agent, I believe, Royce Lewis, Alex Kirloff, Trevor Larnick, Cal Garlic. All those guys are going to be added back to the 40-man as soon as the season is over. So they're already in that process of shaving it down because they're going to be they're going to have a lot of guys on the 40 man. They do have some, you know, they have free agents leaving Bundy, Archer, Correa. They have guys just going off into free agency. So they'll be off the 40 man, but they're going to have to make some moves. And they did make some moves today. We're going to break those down. We'll also look at Luis Arise and what is his long term position for the Twins? Because I think it's an important question. You know, we broke down the, the Gio Rochella decision last night, what the Twins should do at third. Where Luis Arise plays is important as well. So we'll look at the metrics today, and, and I'll kind of speak on uh, where I think he fits best long-term on this roster because he's under team control for three more seasons as clearly a, a building block of this roster. So his position matters. Let's start with those 40-man moves. This is from our friend Seth Stowe's full transactions for the Twins today. John Romero and Devin Smeltzer were outrated to St. Paul. Caleb Hamilton waived and claimed by the Red Sox, Jake Cave waived and claimed by the Orioles. Jermaine Palacios waived and claimed by the Tigers. Caleb Hamilton, let's start with him. Triple A depth, you know, catching depth at Triple A. I think honestly, two of these guys they know Jake Cave. They've seen a lot of Jake Cave. They brought Jake Cave back. He had a bunch of back issues last year and he struggled. They brought him back on that that two way deal. To, they know J.K. J.K. has put a lot of games for the Twins. Aaron Gleeman tweeted he played more games than Josh Willingham, uh, Nelson Cruz, Chili Davis, a bunch of prominent Twins. J.K. played and appeared in more games than those guys, which is it's wild. They know J.K. So what J.K. did at the, in the second half of this season, did that really have an impact on this decision? No. The other two, though, I think Jermaine Palacios and how much he struggled offensively perhaps led to to his waving like when I look at these these transactions the one that sticks out to me is Palacios because I remember a time not even like a month ago where there was serious question about is Palacios gonna be the filler for Royce Lewis at shortstop like we know this dude is a big league shortstop defensively can they live with his bat and he was really really 
poor at the plate in his major league debut. And I, I honestly think that might've played into this. And I came to that conclusion watching him. I was like, if this was an option before, there's no way he can be an option now. Like it's just, his bat is not going to play for the twins in 2023. He was worth negative 0.6 wins above replacement in 30 games. He got 77 plate appearances, hit 143 with an OPS at 413. He was 10 for 70 with 27 strikeouts, four walks. He did hit those two home runs uh, at the end of the year in Chicago, but he's 26. You know, he just turned 26 in July. And I just, I don't think that he's going to be a good enough major league hitter to to, to be a big league starter. Like, I think maybe he could be a backup shortstop on the Tigers in 2023 and they claimed him or AAA depth like he was for the Twins at shortstop because he is solid defensively. But offensively, he just he's not in a position to start for the Twins and be a, a filler for Royce Lewis before he comes back in 2023. He's just not there. And, and maybe if he had a great 70 plate appearances, that would have changed things. But maybe not. Maybe the Twins had come to the conclusion that he just wasn't going to be that guy. He wasn't going to fill that role for them at the beginning of next year. And that's kind of reflected in this decision. Caleb Hamilton. Also uh, waived and claimed by Baltimore. No, the Red Sox. The Red Sox get Caleb Hamilton. I think partially the Palacios thing is true for Hamilton as well. Like he came up, they clearly didn't trust him. He was the third catcher. Even Gary Sanchez, he wasn't hitting. They didn't. They didn't trust Caleb Hamilton. I don't think they believe Caleb Hamilton is going to be good enough defensively to offset his his bat. I think that's what they what they believe and why they were comfortable with him off the 40 man. I think some of these guys, they would have liked to see pass through, you know, and, and be able to put them back in to the system. And Hamilton probably was part of that. But I just, again, I don't think that they viewed Hamilton's bat or Palacios's bat as worth their defense. Like it's just, they, they look so overmatched. They're not in any position in my opinion. And I think in the twins opinion as well to be in a serious consideration for you know, a 26 man roster spot next spring training. And that doesn't mean you just need to cut guys when you don't think they're going to be on the 26 man roster, but those guys specifically, I just don't know if there's even enough there to believe they'll get to a point where one day, you know, Caleb Hamilton could be your backup catcher or Jermaine Palacios could be your, your primary backup shortstop. Could they still do that in their careers? Absolutely. These decisions, these cuts don't, doom their careers like they could go on to have great careers and and i would bet that one of them will and jay cave go on triple a depth there's a i mean there's a chance all these guys are dfa'd anyway and they come back to the twins as free agents and we're talking about nothing here but they're in uh they're, they're in new orgs and they're going to get new chances most likely um it's possible again they're dfa'd and they're back but as of right now the twins are trying to cut off a little bit from their 40 man roster before uh, before the crunch of the offseason. So interesting moves there. Where is Luisa Rise's long term position? They need to find one for him, I think. They need to find a spot for Luisa Rise. Let's break this thing down from all angles after this word from our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. 
the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Again, BetOnline, great platform. It's really easy to use, whether you use your desktop or your phone or whatever you use, your iPad, your Android. It's a really nice platform. It's very easy to use. You can check scores, news, podcasts, of course, betting lines. You can place bets. You can do it all at betonline.net. Check out our friends at betonline.net. It's where the game starts. Luis Arise, let's look at some defensive numbers here to try to figure out where he can play long-term. Pleasant surprise defensively at first base. He was plus four in defensive runs saved, and he was worth one out above average at first base this year. That's uh, that's encouraging. I like to see that. I don't want Luis Arise to be the the primary first baseman for the Twins for the next three years. That, that shouldn't be the plan. That was never the plan, and it, it's... I don't want that because they need a bopper at first base. And this is in no way to undermine what Luis Arise does, but your first baseman has to hit for power. Like it's just not, unless you have other spots where there's maximization offensively, like you're getting a ton from left field, you're getting a ton from center field. It would be nice to know if, if Buxton could stay healthy, they would be getting a lot from center field or you're getting a ton from right field or a ton from second base. They're just not in a position where that's true. The twins. So I think they need, they need offense at first base. Like they need, I would honestly argue, and we'll, we'll discuss it this off season. They should be looking to add a first baseman in the off season. And in that case, Luis Arise needs to move off of first base. This is where it's interesting. When he first came up in 2019, he played 390 innings at second base. He was negative nine in defensive runs saved. And he was negative 10 in outs above average since then he was negative nine in in 2019 and only 390 innings at second base since then in defensive runs saved he's plus eight at second base in like 800 innings he's plus eight and in outs above average he is negative five so i guess it there's a little bit of a difference there all that to say he's about league average at second base since 2019 at third he was such a disaster early this year they just gave up on him but last year, in 2021, he was plus five in defensive runs saved, negative one in outs above average. Again, about league average at third base in 2021. But these are just such small samples, like 414 and two-thirds. And by the way, zero is average in both of those. So defensive runs saved, zero is average. Outs above average, zero is average. Like if you're zero, you're, you're, an, average de- you're an average defender. Um, third base, he was negative two defensive runs saved in only 40 and two-thirds innings, and he was negative seven outs above average in 2022 really bad at third base and they wanted a platoon of him and Urshela at third he was really bad left field last year not as much about defense I mean he wasn't good in left field but more about his legs he already has leg problems and having him run around all in left field and they have Kirilov and they have Larnik and they still have Kepler they have Walner he's not a left fielder he's not an outfielder they said we're done with that that was a failed experiment and I think that's the right call mostly for his health and also just where the roster's at. Like they don't need a, a Luis Arise to play left field. And there's really not a benefit to that because left field and first base is where you should be getting your power. <laughs> if you're not getting it from first, like putting him in left field is no different. That, those should be your biggest spots for offense and power. And he provides a lot offensively. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying he would provide more as an everyday second baseman. If you played second base every day, 
he, his value would be more because he's playing second base. But they have Jorge Polanco at second base, which is why I think this offseason will be interesting. I wonder, and I love Polo, and I think Polo is more valuable to the Twins than he is to other teams. I think he is really valuable to them as their best left-handed hitter with Luis Arise. Like, he's switch hitter, but he's their best left-handed hitter next to Louis and their best left-handed power hitter because they can't rely on Kirilov, Kepler. You know, Nicky G was good last year, Nick Gordon from the left side. But Polo is their most consistent and best left-handed hitter. And for power, you know, Louis is their, their best left-handed hitter. But for power, it's, it's, it's Polo. And he's been pretty decent at second base defensively, and he's really cheap and under contract for the next couple of years. Those are all reasons I think Jorge Polanco could be expendable. I wonder if the Twins will will come to a decision that is we need to put Luis Arise at second base where he's graded decently you know, in the last couple of years. We need to put Luis at second, open up first base for more offense, whether that's Miranda, uh, whether that is a free agent like Jose Abreu or Josh Bell or a trade, or that's Alex Kirilov or anybody who can fill that spot with more power. Let's open that up. Let's move Louis to second, and maybe you deal Jorge Polanco. I think that's a possibility. If I think Jorge Polanco has a lot of positive value, and this is not a good tool to use always because it's not perfect, but it's the one thing that we have, and these things do they change. But MLB Trade Simulator, which we're going to use this offseason, I promise you, and we use it we use it every offseason to get values, and sometimes they're spot on, like they know exactly uh, what's going on with values. They have Jorge Polanco as a pretty plus positive value, plus 15.8. And to put that into perspective, uh, Byron Buxton is 13 and a half. Emmanuel Rodriguez, who's one of the Twins' top prospects, is 14.2. Tyler Malley, 11.2. Austin Martin, 11. So Polo's in that range. Luis Arise is 19.7. Polanco's 15.8 in terms of value. Their most valuable player per uh, baseball trade values is Brooks Lee at 38.9. Polo could get you, you know, I think a, a borderline, I think a, a B prospect and a C prospect in a package in a deal. Should they be looking for prospects? Not if they're trying to win in 2023. But I think you, if you moved on from him and you move Louis to second base and it opened up first for somebody else, it doesn't even have to be a free agent, just somebody else. If you bring back Gio, then first base goes to Miranda. There you go. They could do that, and and I don't necessarily think they're getting worse, but they would need to go out and get another bat for that to be true. Polo's dealt with some injury problems too. You know, he dealt with a knee knee issue all of last year, and he's dealt with ankle problems. You know, he's not the healthiest guy either, and it's really hard because he's been their he's been their backbone, Jorge Polanco. Like he's been their guy. I I wonder though. That's the one thing that sticks out to me is if they come to the conclusion, and I have like I'm saying flat out. Luis Arise should not be their everyday first baseman. And I don't think he should DH very much either. It's just, I love him. I love what he brings to the plate. I understand what he does. There's just, you need more power out of those spots. You need, you need extra base hits from first base and DH. If you put him at second, that would be awesome. Even at third, but I just don't trust him at third. He he's been, he's been bad at third. You know, he was bad at third in 2022 he's not going to play the outfield so that leaves second base which is his natural position you know coming up through the minors he was a second baseman listed as a second baseman that's his spot do you move on from polo like do you trade Jorge Polanco and his his very team-friendly contract to a contender who 
needs a second baseman. The second base market, I'm telling you, is really thin. It's very, very thin. And any contender could sign Correa, Turner, Swanson, uh, Bogarts, and move them to second base. And, oh, there's our second baseman. But the market for the free agent market for true second baseman is slim to none. Slim to none. I think it's Gene Segura is like the only one. He's got an option, club option. They might even pick up for him. It's so slim that teams looking for second baseman, contenders looking for second baseman, Jorge Polanco has got to be at the top of their list. Like he has to be. He's just, his contract, the the expendability for the twins, I think is there. It's possible that that happens. That's something that sticks out to me. If you see changes that surprise, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Polo. And it hurts me to say. I'm saying it, I'm like, oof, that hurts. Because I do think he's really valuable to this team when he's healthy. He had such an incredible year in 2021. He was an all-star in 2019. You know, went through a position change from short to second. He's the longest tenured twin in the entire organization. That's tough, but they're not scared to make tough decisions. They're not scared if they believe you know, Luis Arise should be the second baseman on opening day. They'll move on, I think, from Jorge Polanco. They'll trade him and they'll get value for him. Like they'll they'll do, I think they would do well for Jorge Polanco. The question is, can you get can you get guys who would help your major league roster? Can you find a match? I, I keep thinking of Milwaukee because I think Milwaukee's gonna try to win in 2023, but they have Woodruff and Burns who have two years left of team control. They're not gonna pay those guys. You know, if they do, they'll pay one. They're not gonna pay both of those guys. And they just signed Aaron Ashby to an extension, a good left-handed starter. They have Freddie Peralta, another right-handed starter, under contract long-term. They're able to develop starters as well. I would bet money that they will trade either Woodruff or Burns this offseason. That's the fit I'm looking for. Let's help each other. Let's help each other's major league roster. And that's hard because usually you're trading with the contenders are trading with the rebuilders the contenders are trading with the retoolers and we saw the twins do that at the deadline in 2021 and then they traded with the retoolers or rebuilders at the deadline in 2022 it's it's a tough balance to find but someone like milwaukee is interesting to me like could they get creative and find a way to get brandon woodruff in a deal that involves jorge polanco and you know a prospect and and they're able to get a, a true ace for the next two seasons. If they can figure out a way to do that, I would absolutely be interested in that because you're moving Louis to second. You're really like you're losing Polo, but it's opening up a spot for somebody else. And you're not bringing back. You're you're basically swapping salary if it's someone like Brandon Woodruff because he's in arbitration. You're swapping salary, and you're you're at the same starting point, but you have an ace, and then you have still a. a infield that's pretty solid and you can go out and get a first baseman or a dh in that case if they could if they could pull something like that off i would be really interested polo's not going to net woodruff straight up but polo and like a an a-level prospect i think would do it and that would be more appealing to me than the twins trading two or three a-level prospects in their system for brandon woodruff or for corbin burns is going to cost i think a lot more than woodruff would but i i just think that could be interesting. And for Louis, I believe his long-term home should be second base for the next three seasons. Is he good there? No, but he's not a first baseman. <laughs> he's not a first baseman. He can play first, like passably, but he's not a first baseman. Like he's a second baseman in my mind. And he's he's slower. Uh, his instincts aren't great. 
but he can play second base and he was fine at second base this year when he played 277 and two thirds. He was plus in both categories at second base. He can do it. And if that nets you somebody who can help your rotation, you know, significantly help your rotation, or even you get a, a, a level prospect for Jorge Polanco. I think it makes a lot of sense. I guess you could say all the same things for Luis Arise. I just don't view him as a trade piece for this team. I think they, I don't think they'll trade Louis. I, I don't, but I guess you could say the same thing for him, right? You could say he's, he's, a, he's like Jorge Polanco. Like you have Polo at second. If you free up first base by trading Arise, it's the same thing. I just don't, I don't view that as a possibility. I view trading Jorge Polanco as a potential possibility for them I he's you know he's under team control for the next handful of seasons I want to look I think it's through I know I know he has at least two team options and he has one more year actually under contract so they might have the same amount of team control and they do yeah so Polo's under contract for seven and a half million in 2023 10 and a half million in 2024 and then 12 million in 2025 but those last two years are team options for the twins super team friendly such a team-friendly contract, but he's going to be 30. You know, Luis Arise has the same amount of team control, but he's 25 and he just won a batting title and he's your leadoff man and he's a catalyst for this team and he is your spark plug. So I just view that as less likely, even though they do have the same amount um, of team control, which is interesting. Keep that in your mind. Just keep that in mind as this offseason progresses, as we get underway here after the World Series, keep in mind the possibility that they also decide Luis Arise is not a viable first baseman for the next three years, not because he's poor at it, but because they need more out of first base in the power department. They need more out of that spot, especially if they bring back Urshela to play third. If you want to bring back Gio to play third, they're going to be in a, in a crunch. Like they're just going to be in a, in an infield crunch. Like guys are going to, and guys will get hurt. It's good to have depth. So I would be okay with that too. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity, and and part of why you signed Jorge Polanco to this long term deal is yes to to keep him, like to do what he's to see him do what he's done, but also because this contract is very valuable. Like this is a this is a, a net positive contract, and I saw there was a Cubs reporter, or someone tweeted, and they were like, "Our dream second baseman is one of them was Jorge Polanco, one of the three, a trade for a second baseman because this, the the free agent market for second baseman is so light, so." They could take advantage of that market inefficiency. Uh, end of story. I don't view Luis Arise as a first baseman for the next three years. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, Matt Braun is coming on Wednesday. The people have spoken and Matt is coming to uh, talk about a twins offseason That should be super interesting. Some big time roster decisions, some free agents, some trade targets. It's all coming up. Thanks again. Have a great day and go twins.